Hey everyone, this is our Midweek Leadership Podcast. We believe that as you listen to it, it is going to move your life forward. So get ready for an amazing message. Hey church, we had some technical difficulty at the very beginning of this talk, but let me catch you up. Pastor read through 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1-10. through 10. We're going to pick up right here in his first point as he was talking about how thankful he is for God's grace and that God called Samuel four times. We are praying that you have an incredible week and we cannot wait to see you on Sunday. God's grace is coming at you fast, and it's coming at you hard, and even though you miss it, you can get that next wave again and again and again, and I love what was happening with Samuel was uh, the grace was being given again and again and again in the tabernacle, in the house of God, so there is a, a, a mandate for us as a church to give grace on grace on grace on grace. When people walk into this room, when people walk through the doors of our church, they should feel grace. They should feel another wave. They should feel, I got another chance. I got another chance. And I got another chance. And every time the devil tries to uh, embed a lie into your life that you've messed up so many times, no one is ever going to touch you again. And no, and God's not going to use you again. And you've missed it for so many times. So there's no way. That is not the truth. God has grace. Because the truth is where we mess up, God's grace abounds more is what Paul said. God's grace is bigger than every one of our mistakes. I'm so thankful that God spoke to Samuel four times. Um, uh, Another thing, Samuel's running to Eli. Uh, One of the most dangerous things you can do as a leader, and I'm talking, um, this this is a leader in any uh, any place. as a parent, as a boss, as a middle-level manager, um, a leader of your own business that you own, um, a leader in our church, the most dangerous thing you can do as a leader is place yourself in the place that God should be. Samuel ran to Eli and said, what do you want? I didn't call you. Samuel ran to Eli again. What do you want? I didn't call you. Samuel ran to Eli again. What do you want? I didn't call you. Oh, this must be the Lord. There is great leadership. So many times, leaders get themselves in the biggest trouble when they place themselves in the place that only God should be. You are not God's voice to somebody. God's voice is God's voice to somebody. You are not somebody's Holy Spirit, nor ever should you speak to somebody like you are their Holy Spirit. But because we're not willing to teach people how to hear God's voice for themselves, we then take on the responsibility of having to be God's voice for them. And so what it does is it creates somebody who becomes dependent on you instead of dependent on God. And it might make you feel important as a leader, but it actually makes you the cork in the bottle because they can't go to God. They have to come to you when they were always meant to go to God. So our 
uh, our responsibility as a leader, as a next level leader, is to teach them how to hear the voice of God for themselves, not how do I hear the voice of God through you to me. Now, God can speak through you as a leader to them, and that's awesome, and that's actually appropriate. But the responsibility for every single person to hear God's voice speaking to them as they read scripture, what is God saying to you? As they pray, what do you hear in your heart? Not here in your ears, but here in your heart. What is, what is God saying? Okay, then match that up with scripture. Does it, does it follow scriptural guidelines? Do, do you feel like you're hearing a voice in your head that says, hey, go play chicken with a Mack truck? That's not God's spirit speaking to you. Because it doesn't match up with Scripture. But, okay, God's saying some things to me. It matches up with Scripture. And then you sit and you say, hey, I heard this. What do you think? And you bring that to a leader in your life. Now, all of a sudden, you have this thing where you're hearing from God, but you're also testing to make sure that you're hearing from God. And then now now you can walk that thing out. But you have, as a leader, you've been able to teach them how to hear the Spirit of God for themselves and not Oh, I'm res- I am relying on you to be my spiritual ears. Yeah. Because now, now, it, now it's become, there's only a couple people who are really important. And everybody else needs to be drones. And that's not how God wants his church to work. We're, we're stronger when, when we're all hearing God's voice. And I'm not saying it all is peachy keen, and I'm not saying it all like works out. We all hear the same thing at the same time, and we're all like, oh, this is all roses. Oh, there might be a little bit of conflict sometimes because uh, we're all trying to hear God's voice, and we're all flawed, and so sometimes we miss it. Sometimes we don't hear the right things, but that's okay. I would much rather have that kind of leadership than a couple untouchable people that only hear from God and everybody else is waiting on them because that is not how God has set it up. Because when Jesus died on the cross, what he did was he brought something for each and every one of us to be. He, he became the only high priest. The one and only. And what happened was that, oh, I can't go into all of this theology, but I'm just, okay, there it is. Um, um, <laughs> I was just going to say that the veil that was ripped in it, when, when, when Jesus died on the cross and that veil was ripped, that God did that, it was a symbol of saying there is no place that humanity can't go now because of who Jesus is. When God looks at you, he sees his son. And so you walk into the Holy of Holies, not just a couple of people can walk there. Every single person can walk in there, not because they're good, but because Jesus is good. And God looks at you, he sees Jesus. The worst thing you can do as a leader is to look at Samuel and say, yes, I did summon you. Let me tell you a couple of things. Or even, that's like the sadistic part of it. But, okay, oh, God's speaking to you. You know what, though? You're not the priest. I'm the priest. So I will ask God to what he wants to say, and then I'll relay it to you, Samuel. Well, God wasn't speaking to you, Eli. He was speaking to Samuel. So don't get caught up in your title. And you think that you're the one that needs to hear. Because that is pride. 
Are you putting yourself in a place where you're stopping other people from growing because of your own pride? Um, can you give instruction or do you love to be the leader? Do you see that Eli instructed Samuel how to hear God's voice? This is one of the best things you can do as a leader. Instruct people to be able to replace you. What if Eli looked at Samuel and thought, this guy's going to take my job? So Samuel, uh, to hear God's voice, you need to run out of the tabernacle, strip naked, run around 15 times and yell, I'm a fun donkey. That's what you need to do. And then all of a sudden, everybody thinks Samuel's crazy, and now he's removed, and now Eli's like, good, I got my job still. No, Eli taught Samuel how to hear God's voice. Are you a big enough leader that you're able to remove yourself and say, okay, I see the Spirit of God is working in you, and I, my job is to lift you up so that you can replace me because that's being a next-level leader, a, a, a a good, um, a good leader is somebody who is able to do their job well. A great leader is somebody who is able to teach somebody how to do their job well. But let me tell you a couple of things that put a stopper in this. Um, low self-esteem is the enemy of discipleship. It says I need to be worth something. And the only way that I see I'm worth something is the way I do something. And so... I'm going to be the only person who can do this, and I'm not going to teach anybody else how to do this. And because of my low self-esteem, and I need everybody to look at me and say, you did a good job, you did a good job, you did a good job, you did a good job. And you take that into yourself, and you start thinking, well, I'm a good person, I'm a good person, I'm a good person, I'm a good person. And you think that's the only way that people look at you is if what you do is good, that low self-esteem is a stopper of discipleship because you will not teach anybody else how to do what you're doing because you're, seeing, you're thinking, if I do this, they're going to start doing it, and then who's going to tell me I'm doing a good job? And so you don't know, you, you, and, and, and what you start doing is like, well, I learned it on my own, so you can learn it on your own. And if you learn it on your own and you pass me, well, then there you go. But I'm going to do everything and anything in my power to make sure that you never pass me up. And I want to let you know that that is not how we lead in this church. What we do is we get out of the way and we say, you are next. You're the next. We need to be able to be about people instead of tasks and think that we're so about what, oh, you're the best connect group leader or you're the best, uh, you, you serve the best of kids, or you're the best Teach, teacher and kids and bigs and you're the best this and you're the best that we're such an encouraging environment sometimes people take that in the wrong way and think well this is what I do and so it, it, it's not about what you do it's who you can raise up that's the most important thing that we're called to do my job is not to be the best preacher in this church my job is to make sure that we've got better people that can preach way better than me and the best thing I can do is sit down in that seat over there and be the chief encourager as other people are doing a job better than I ever could. That's how we lead our church. But everybody always is like, 
so many times they want to steal that spotlight or because of the low self-esteem. I love that Eli just said, here, let me teach you. Uh, another thing that can be the enemy of discipleship is perfection is the enemy of discipleship. Well, you're going to mess it up, so I'll just do it. Uh, you would not want to hear my first sermon. It was booty. It was... It was bad. You wouldn't want to hear my second one. Want to hear my third one? You wouldn't want to hear, hear me preach my hundredth sermon. Like they they weren't good. There were a lot of mess ups. I'm so thankful that I had leaders in my life that were okay with my mess ups. Because if I never had leaders that were okay with my mess ups, I never would have been—I never would have been able to learn, and I never would have been able to grow. And I'm not saying that I'm perfect now, but I have come a long way, and I have come a long way because people have let me come a long way. And so, where are you going to drop? Where are we going to drop perfection, and say, you know what? You mess up. That's okay. Now, listen. I'm not going to put you in a situation where you're going to hurt somebody else because that's not being responsible. But I am going to let you have a little area here. You know, this little area, it's kind of like training, training the dog. Don't let the dog that doesn't know how to not pee in the house, you don't let that dog run around the whole house and say, well, they're just going to learn. Well, yeah, they're going to learn by peeing all over the place. But if you put them in a crate, they have a little area, you know, that if they do make a mistake, it's localized right here. We can fix it, and we'll keep working on it. As they, as they, that's you know, that's a way you can train, train a, a, a puppy. Um, it's that little area. So where where are the little areas? Where are the where's the little steps that you can let somebody grow? To where you say, well, you don't have to be perfect. You can have a little area right here, and if you mess up, we can go back and have a talk about it. Um, another thing that stops uh, discipleship is control. There's many ways to do something. I'm going to say this a bunch of times because a lot of us all need to remind ourselves this because we think our way is the only way to do something. There are many ways to do something. There are many ways to do something. No, but mine's the fastest. There are many ways to do something. But mine's the best. There are many ways to do something. Mine's the smartest and most economical. There are many ways to do something. There are many ways to do something. Stop thinking that your way is the only way. And then when somebody else does it a different way, you're like, well, then you start deconstructing the way they did it and started showing, oh, well, if you would have done it a couple more, you would have got there faster. It would have been better. There are many ways to do something. Let's have a little more grace with understanding that there are many ways to do something because when you start understanding there's many ways to do something you'll have many people being leaders in your life you're going to have many people on your team because it's not just and I'm not saying have free reign and it's wild west and there's no uh, you know there's no system and there's no structure I'm not saying that there are all those things are really really good but in even our systems and even in our structure 
scriptures. Please don't get it twisted that it's only one way and it's only one one single way how to do this kind of thing. And if I have control over it, then it's going to come out a certain way. Yeah, it will, but you're going to only have maybe one or two people on your team. Because control squashes all of this. Um, Pride is also the enemy of discipleship. Where you just say, I'm the best at this. I mean, you can do it. Like, you know, you can lead a song, but but really, I'm the best. Pride is the enemy of discipleship. Now, no no one really says that in church. Because we all know it's arrogant. And so... They think it. And then they only tell, like, and then they only tell their spouse or somebody real close, I know I'm really better than them. <laughs> but we'll give them a little shot. I, you can't lead like that. Like, you literally, you've got to kill those side thoughts. And, and you think that, you think the whole time you're, like, trying to help somebody. But in your heart, you're like, I'm way better than them. I'm way better than them. I'm way better than them. At some point, that, that spirit is going to speak louder than the words that you say. And that person's never going to grow. And then you're just going to take over at some point and be like, ah, oh, they just couldn't handle it. Maybe it was your pride that was stopping something that you couldn't see. So, so I would encourage all of us, instead of saying, I'm way better, I'm way better, I'm way better, is constantly, how can I make them better? 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 Make that your focus. All, all, how can I make them better? How can I make them better? And take yourself out of the equation, because in that moment, that's when you see some more growth. Um, this last one that uh, I want to share is... Uh, is this idea is um, no discipline is the enemy of discipleship. No feedback, no training, and no consequences. It's also the enemy of discipleship. If you want to be a next level leader, be good at giving feedback and also be good at taking it. The better you are at taking feedback, the better you'll be able to give it. You fight it, you pride up and like, don't tell me what to do, you know, or, or you give the silent treatment to the person who's giving you feedback and training or this one, this is my favorite one. Uh huh. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh huh. I got it. Mm hmm. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, stop nodding and saying stupid words, and talk to me. Like, am I hurting your feelings right now? Can you be honest with? No. No. I'm ready. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, good. I'm just like, no. You're not good. You are gonna go back and you're gonna sulk for a week about this thing. Because you're so unhealthy that you can't take stuff. Because you have placed what you do as who you are. And so every time I talk about what you do, you think about I'm talking about who you are. (laughs) Yeah, totally. 
Sure. Some tools on how to receive feedback. Okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, one great thing, uh, a couple of things real quick on receiving feedback. Listen. So many times when you hear something about something that you haven't done right, you hear the first couple sentences, and then you run to a defense of why you did what you did, or you, or you run to what they did to make you do what you did. Or, and, and so in your mind, as the other person is talking, you're having a conversation with yourself on, on how to like build this whole thing up so that when I, it's my turn to speak, I'm actually going to tell you why you're saying what you're saying is not really true. So you don't really even hear what the person is saying, first of all. And second of all, you're not really receiving it. I would say just listen. Just listen. Just hear all of it. And every time you're, now this is going to be hard because we all are hardwired just to run to defense. So you're going to have to retrain your brain. Like when you hear something, okay. And, and one of the best ways to ask, to listen is to ask more questions. Yeah. So when you're getting some feedback or some training, ask questions. Oh, when did you see me do this? How long have you waited to tell me? I mean, <laughs> these are like, you want to get into it, you know, like, um, or you can ask, have I done this uh, over and over again? You know, like you keep, so you keep asking more questions. Um, do you see this be a pattern in my life? Um, am I doing it like right now or was this a while ago? It just, you're asking questions because, so you're, 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 you're really wanting to learn. It's a great way to take, um, feedback. Uh, another thing, um, to, uh, to do as you're, uh, getting feedback is, um, write things down. Or if you're not a good writer, record it. Because if you're like me, when you get feedback, you um, highlight. I have a highlighter in my brain. And when I get feedback or something, somebody tells me something that they didn't like that um, I've done. So uh, let me give you a, a real life example. Uh, I could preach a really great sermon. I think it was like, oh, this is really great. It's great on Sunday. Uh, like I'm using sermons because that's my life. You can translate it to whatever you do. I'll, I'll preach a sermon and be like, oh, that's, it was really good. And then a bunch of people in our church, we have an encouraging environment. They'll be like, that oh, was awesome. That was great. It was good. And I'm like, oh, thanks. That's awesome. That's, I, 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 you know, of course, the Lord is like using that. This is all going to the Lord, but it also feels good because I've put a lot of work into it this week. And so that feels good as well. So I can let all of that stuff happen. And then one person will say one thing that they didn't get, or they didn't like, or they didn't, you know, whatever. What in my brain happens is I highlight that. So out of everything else that was said, all I see is the highlight of that. And so that's what guides what I did. That we, oh, man, it must have been a really bad sermon. Because I, so 
so when you're getting feedback, when you're getting somebody who's telling you something, please do not um, highlight just those things that you're like, well, I just did this. Wah, 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 wah. That's why it's so important to maybe record what somebody said or write it down so that it can erase the highlight. And then you listen to it again and you're like, oh, it really wasn't that big of a thing that I had in my mind. Hey church, we hope this message has pushed you forward in your leadership and your relationship with God. We can't wait to see you this Sunday or in a connect group. Have an amazing week. We'll see you then.